it's only going to get weirder. The level of contradiction is going to rise excruciatingly, even beyond the excruciating present levels of contradiction. Finally, it's going to be so weird that people are going to have to talk about how weird it is. And at that point, novelty theory can come out of the woods because eventually people are gonna say, what the hell is going on? Yes, we can blur the image or sharpen it to crystal clarity. Hello, friends, and welcome in to uh, this wondrous head case of a show deliriously entitled Concrescence, and a lot more about that in a moment. I am your expanding my conscious awareness, but still watching that waistline host, Mark Rose, and over there, awash in the glow of tiny sun going Nova is... Uh... What the hell? Have you been smoking this morning? <laughs> well, it's just that the the, uh, the subject of this show is quite uh, esoteric this time out, and... Uh... <laughs> you got any more? <laughs> the Grand Vizier of Graphic EQ, Milt Keynes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. Uh, do, do I smell patchouli? <laughs> <laughs> No, I believe you're having what is known as an olfactory flashback, Mr. Keynes. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. Let me uh, let me say before we uh, fly off into the far reaches of reality here, you were missed the other day. I was. Yeah. Yes, sir. Our uh, our colleague in uh, audio crime, Jeff Pollard, and I took part in one of the uh, now nearly legendary exit ramp. Programs hosted by our buddy Frank Edward Nora on the OnSug channel. That's O-N-S-U-G dot com. Which, uh, friends, is a kind of a monthly informal gathering of several uh, show hosts and other folks as well who just get together and chat about this and that. And uh, some people were asking about you. About me? Yeah. Well, as you are the interweb man of mystery and are rarely seen outside of this venue. Or, or so it seems. Well, that's not true. Marcy sees me all the time. Yes, but the public... I can see me right now. Can you? Yes, yeah, I can see. But, I, but the point is, we'd, uh, we'd really be just as thrilled as a bowl of beetles to have you uh, take part in one of the uh, exit ramp gatherings. I think you'd add a lot to the conversation. I really do. I would, huh? Well, you know, sorry to disappoint anybody, but you know me. I'm not big on the whole uh, on-camera thing, and I I don't know, really, what the hell would I say at one of those Like uh, I say, it's really uh, very informal, 
And it's uh, just a great bunch of folks uh, who are uh, very welcoming and uh, interesting as well. There's some pretty, pretty sharp folks in that bunch. Do I have to do math? What? I mean, it sounds like a kind of intellectual picnic and shit. No, there's no math involved. Well, other than being able to tell time, you know, you would have to be able to read a clock to know when to join into the thing. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, let me, uh, let me think. Uh, and the past programs are all available online for you to listen to. You know? You can get a feel for what uh, goes on there. Just go to onsug.com, O-N-S-U-G.com, and look for the exit ramp shows uh, and just do a search. Well, let me uh, check them out and I'll I'll get back to you. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, they asked for you by name. Why? Jeff was there. It was his first time and he enjoyed it. He didn't burst into flames or have a convulsive fit or anything. Actually, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Just just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and with that assertive and confident proclamation from Mr. Keynes, uh, we'll do just a little quick reset here and then hop, well, perhaps flap, as the case may be, into our first topic. Oh, don't make me laugh. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com Well, friends, as you can uh, all plainly see from our present state of affairs in this country, the uh, conspiracy theory has become a lot more foreground screaming than uh, background whispering these days. Some might argue, I among them, that uh, some of these conspiracies have caused such a vitriolic public reaction that it uh, it kind of created a side effect, for uh, lack of a better term, uh, canceling conspiracy theories of any kind. And uh, there, I have to say, there are a few that are not only true, but historically have been uh, known to change the course of history of this country. Can you say Pentagon Papers? Exactly. Great example, Mr. Keynes. And uh, for those not familiar, or perhaps the history is a little foggy, I know, it was the late 60s. The uh, Pentagon Papers leaked by uh, former military analyst Daniel Ellsberg revealed that the U.S. had secretly enlarged the uh, scope of its actions in the uh, Vietnam War with uh, coastal raids on North Vietnam and Marine Corps attacks, uh, none of which were reported in the mainstream media. For his disclosure of this uh, Pentagon Papers thingy, Ellsberg was initially charged with conspiracy, espionage, and uh, theft of government property. Now, these charges were later dismissed after (laughs) prosecutors investigating the Watergate scandal discovered that the staff members in the Nixon White House had ordered the so-called White House plumbers to engage in unlawful efforts to discredit Ellsberg. Yeah, and at the time, there was that, you know, oh, that can't be true. It's a conspiracy theory. Indeed. So the point being that sometimes it's uh, really a good idea to examine the evidence fully before dismissing the whole thing as whatever. Which brings me to this little example. 
Uh, our buddy Gregory uh, spotted an unusual sticker that was uh, stuck onto an electrical transformer near his home and sent me a picture of it, uh, sensing immediately that this was something for us to check out. <laughs> Knows us a little too well. <laughs> and, uh, yes, and, uh, but, but be that as it may, the sticker shows a, a semi-crude line drawing of a bird with the caption, Pigeons are liars. And then at the bottom, a URL to visit called, get this, birdsaren'treal.com. Okay, I'll bite or uh, peck. <laughs> well, as did I. I immediately went to the website to be confronted firstly by merchandise. <laughs> Which is probably the first clue that something is going on here that is, uh, at the very least, mercenary. It does have a, well, you know, the the obligatory about page, which rambles on as uh, most sites of, quote, forbidden info (laughs) do about whatever their motivation or backstory is that uh, empowers this brave and unrelenting quest for truth. In short, this organization uh, alleges 12 billion birds were wiped off the face of the earth and replaced with robotic spies that look just like birds. Huh. Well, you know, there has been this crow that's been hanging around the front window. Giving me the stink eye every morning. Well, then, Mr. Keynes, you might be interested in their cause. Uh, Here is an excerpt of a television interview that was done with perhaps the main guy. Although he's he's quick to remind the host here that uh, he's a mere cog in the wheels of truth. A campaign called Birds Are Not Real brings its efforts to the Mid-South. And this morning, we are joined by one of the messengers of the movement. Peter McIndoe is here to tell us how this all came about. We want to emphasize you were not the founder. No, ma'am. So how did you become aware of it? What is the message of the movement? The message of the movement is essentially to spread awareness that from 1959 through 2001, the government mercilessly genocided over 12 billion birds and simultaneously replace them with surveillance drones in disguise that film us every day as equally as these cameras are filming us right now. So what do you have to back that up? To back that up, I have as much evidence as the birds have provided. There's so much. So this is really satire. I mean, you don't really believe that that happened, correct? This is a satirical uh, campaign to make the point that what? (laughs) You're you're looking at me like, no, it's not satire. I really do believe this. (laughs) Honestly, it's kind of offensive. Um, Okay. So it's not satire. I don't think you would say that if I said birds are real. You know? I don't know why the other side of the argument can't be treated with equal respect. Except that before we came out on air, you said this is a satirical message. So what is I never said that. So what point are you trying to make here? I mean, and why, why did this movement come about and how? Well, this movement came about in 1976, um, just to avoid any, you know, liberal media hit job. This didn't start with me. This started in 1976, um, when whispering started coming about from the White House, 
saying that birds were in the process of being murdered on a mass level. Well, the guy's good. He didn't break character. I'm of the mind that he did exactly what the co-host said. (laughs) He told them that this was satire and then wound them up when it uh, came to the live interview. Robot birds, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's alleged that these robotic birds are uh, spying on us all of the time. Well, the only problem with that theory is that they don't need birds to do that. Everybody's carrying a goddamn spy device with them every day. It's their damn phone. True. Very true, Mr. Keynes. And uh, Mr. Snowden can further elaborate on that one, should you be interested, friends. But our bird boy here was uh, quick to point out, through a, quote, banned public service video (laughs) purportedly created in 1987 that shows the movement's early days of warning. Now, I got to say, this this is pretty clever right here. There was some nice uh, retro styling on uh, on display in that video, and they uh, they have they have some chops, whoever they are. Yeah, right down to the ugly sweaters. Yeah, yeah, they are clearly having us on, uh, much like the Church of the Sub Genius does. But uh, at least those cats are outright hilarious at times, and it's pretty damn clear from the start that it's uh, satirical. And the church offers eternal salvation or triple your money back. So there's that. Pretty hard to collect, though, I bet. You know? Praise Bob. So these cats at Birds Aren't Real have their own mythology going as well, but uh, are are far less keen on letting you in on it without a fight, or uh, so it would seem. Kind of like church. <laughs> Lake of fire, Mr. Keynes. Lake of fire. Just saying. You're, you're, you're walking on very thin and rancid smelling ice right there. <laughs> so uh, I urge the uh, curious to uh, check out the site linked below. Well, hell, you know, at the very least, it'll give you something to read while eating cereal. Since the Eisenhower administration, the U.S. government has been committing genocide on the entire bird population and replacing these birds with sophisticated robot replicas. Oh, that's really five interesting. five cameras and a sophisticated tracking system that can follow your every movement. I know this is for... So, the uh, title of our program today was suggested by the uh, late ethnobotanist Terence McKenna. And uh, in his words, uh, he defines it as... Concrescence is the idea of something that grows together. It concresses. It becomes more dense, more connected, more defined in space and time. A coming together of things. You know, I was struck by this term because not only does that reflect exactly what is happening in our world right now, it's this coming together that is causing all the friction because the parts don't want to go at the same time or direction. (laughs) So the splintering, the fractionating of uh, thoughts, beliefs, and uh, uh, people even as a whole. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Simply put, yeah. And as uh, McKenna points out during uh, 
times of concrescence, this agitation and uncertainty, well, it's all part of the plan. This is what it's like when a species prepares to depart for the stars. You don't depart for the stars under calm and orderly conditions. It's a fire in a madhouse. Well, that's reassuring. At least while we're all on fire, at least we're going somewhere. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, what, what got me onto this subject was just how frenetic and wacky these times have been lately. I mean... It's not just a phase. It's a symptom of a much larger condition, a change that is uh, occurring right now. And all the, all the seams are just being stretched out and uh, fraying at the edges there. Now, there would be many who would point to uh, Orange Guy as the catalyst for a lot of this turmoil recently. And he's certainly a factor, no, no doubt about it. But not the only reason. He's merely a facilitator. And this is why the right wing is so alarmed. Because what they see going on is the breakdown of all tradition, all order, all sanctioned norms of behavior. And they're quite right that it's happening. But they're quite wrong to conclude that it should be resisted or is somehow evil. Man, he nailed that one. You know, uh, at our last production meeting, well, actually, it was for this show. Pollard made the remark that the GOP had become a cult, you know, and I agree, a clown cult, but uh, there it is. Yeah, and they're, and they're getting really, really fired up right now because, as uh, McKenna said, they're seeing the erosion of these past norms and they're freaking out, you know, which may also explain why they have no platform at all at present. It's just hate and rancid lies and all that stuff. Every waking second, it seems to be spent trying to hold the status quo in place and not really address the concerns of their constituents. Well, if their constituents are all raving idiots, then maybe they are addressing the needs. Yes, I suppose an argument could be made for that, as it uh, does seem they have a very large portion of that crowd are, are not what you might call um, critical thinkers. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something else. McKenna made a, a further observation on these times, which, uh, by the way, uh, his remarks and all the ones I've quoted in this segment so far are uh, from an interview he did in 1998. Holy carp! Yeah. McKenna had a very interesting theory concerning uh, the evolution of life, or, or actually, as he puts it, of all known phenomena, which is quite stirring really. He uh, termed it the novelty theory. Life is endlessly spinning towards the giant whoopee cushion. <laughs> no, a, a bit m more to it than that, Mr. Keynes. Novelty increases as we approach the present moment. The universe you and I are living in is a far more novel and complicated place than the early universe was. Well, some people would say, well, that's just a consequence of the unfolding of developmental processes. But this asks the question, what are developmental processes? Why should the universe have a preference for order over disorder? 
especially when we have something called the second law of thermodynamics, which tells us exactly the opposite. Physicists believe the universe is running down ultimately into a state of disorder. But what I see is everywhere the emergence of more and more complex forms, languages, organisms, technologies, always building on the previously achieved levels of complexity. And the big overview to this notion is a graphic one. Um, look at a galaxy, the way it spirals outward from the center, where the center is uh, the most dense. Everything organizes itself fractally, spirally, with a dense center in its spatial domain and a dense center in its temporal domain. We are like this, galaxies are like this, planets, stars, bird flocks, coral reefs. You know, maybe I'm coming down with something, but uh, I actually kind of get what he's saying. The whole spiral thing. Yeah, it's all over nature. It's really reflected in everything. So uh, rather than this uh, drifting off into chaos, as we hear all the times from uh, learned sources, it actually may be the opposite. That things are going towards order at a more rapid pace all the time. You know, there, there was this um, great Japanese film called Uzumaki, or uh, Spiral, about a community that became obsessed with the spiral and uh, the wondrous and rather bizarre things <laughs> that occurred because of that obsession. Yeah, I think that one's on Amazon Prime, bro. Uh, you're probably right, Mr. Keynes. And uh, if it is the case, I recommend you take that ride, friends. <laughs> but uh, perhaps have your seats in the fully upright position. That they, you know. well, it may sound strange, but there is something comforting in that theory. I mean, the idea that maybe there really is some plan going on here, and we're, we're not all just trapped on a runaway train train that's on fire and headed for a lake of gasoline. Yeah, I for one sincerely hope that is not the case because uh, I just bought this shirt. Wait a minute. Is uh, is this the same guy that they were making that film about? Like, uh, like a, a, a biopic or something? You are correct, sir. Yes. Terrence McKenna's uh, life was the subject of an unusual, to say the least, biopic called True Hallucinations. Now, uh, that was allegedly going to star Jim Carrey, of all people. And it uh, seems like a perfect pick, actually. But uh, that project was uh, based on the 2016 film of the same name, which was an experimental documentary produced by Peter Bergman. I have no idea what the status of this uh, newer film is. It seems to have uh, gotten lost in the fog of the Vi-Ri, as uh, many things have over the last year and a half. McKenna was a, 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 what's known as an ethnobotanist, and that's a, a, a science that studies how indigenous plants are used by native cultures. He did some pretty extensive and uh, notable research into the psilocybin mushroom and its uh, effects. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a major proponent of the constructive use of these mushrooms to unlock uh, certain realms of perception. Of course, uh, as you might imagine, he caused many of his peers a great confusion. Quoting here, I suffered hallucinatory agonies of my own while reading his shrilly ecstatic prose, P. 
Peter Conrad wrote in the New York Times in a 1993 review of McKenna's book, True Hallucinations. Yet, (laughs) which is usually the case, on the other hand, Harvard University biologist Richard Evans Schultz wrote in uh, American Scientist in 1993, a review of McKenna's Food of the Gods, that the book was, quote, a masterpiece of research and writing and that it should be read by every specialist working in the multifarious fields involved with the use of psychoactive drugs. Concluding that it is without question destined to play a major role in our future considerations of the role of the ancient use of psychoactive drugs, the historical shaping of our modern concerns about drugs, and perhaps about man's desire for escape from reality with drugs. As usual, no one agrees with anything. (laughs) True, Mr. Keynes. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I have never heard anyone discuss the intangible with more clarity and focus than uh, this uh, Terrence McKenna guy. Or, as the uh, now legendary Jerry Garcia said, he was the only person who has made a serious effort to objectify the psychedelic experience. <laughs> now, taken, taken from one who knows. So, uh, friends, if this uh, brief look at the ideas of uh, Terence McKenna have sparked some interest, I'd urge you to do a little digging. Most of his lectures and uh, interviews are on the uh, tube of you and are very engaging, uh, very, and thought-provoking, and may even be a little enlightening on the side. And with that, we'll bring this uh, concrescence to a close and take our colliding time-space continuum with our zero time wave analysis and slither back down behind the Barca lounger. But not before thanking our contributors to this edition of Fusebox, Mr. Jeff Pollard. Uh, Thanks as well to the interwebs man of mystery and deacon of the dials, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on. A pleasure in no way. And uh, with all sincerity, thanks to you, friends, for pushing play on uh, this edition of the show. Yeah, and while you're all mushy and stuff, go ahead and smash that subscribe button wherever you may have found this thing. Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher iHeartRadio, or the very unsug themselves at O-N-S-U-G dot com. We do appreciate it. And we also appreciate, uh, if you would, take a visit to the Fusebox store as well. How, you say? Well, <laughs> tell them what they've won, Eddie. Hey, it's as simple as pie. You go to thefuseboxshow.com and click on the shopping tab. And like flippin' magic, there you are. Oh, and if you're one of those book of face folks, click on the Shop Now button on the Fusebox Show Facebook page. Okay? Also, quick as a button. There you go. Enough said. We do so very much appreciate that as well, friends. I have been your time-aligned for richer flavor, host Mark Rose saying until our next cartoon.